What is up guys? Welcome back to Told As Is. We are here for episode 8. We're already 8 weeks deep into this and today we have a very, very special guest. He's probably our most high profile guest that we have. Some would even call him a celebrity. The guru of social media and branding. So, without further ado, let's roll the intro music. Woo! guys welcome back to told as is we're really excited to have you here today with our special guest he is the number one realtor on social media and the number one ranked real estate agent on youtube in his market in calgary alberta um, he's trained over 3,000 agents to help scale their business using tried and tested online marketing strategies he's the co-founder of the agent wolf pack and he owns multiple businesses here to talk about them all. They're all catered to the success for realtors from personal branding, social media to advertising, and they're covering both paid and organic strategies. His name is Mike Sherrard. Welcome, Mike. We're really excited to have you here today. Yeah, thanks so much. Quite the introduction. Excited to <laughs> kind of dive into uh, lots of stuff related to social and all that good stuff. So I'm you know, excited to chat with you guys and see what we can do. And you know what's really interesting is that you started out as a realtor. So we want to know the grassroots. You started out as a realtor and now you coach thousands of agents. So tell us how you got started in real estate, what you did in your first year that made it pivotal to the success of your real estate business. Yeah, definitely. So I used to be an engineer and was in the corporate world. And, you know, after a year and a half of doing pretty well in engineering, the management kind of asked where I wanted to go in the company. And I wanted to get compensated based on my effort, not based on salary. So I said oil and gas sales. And when they told me it would take seven years of technical work, I gave my two year, uh, two weeks notice the next day. So around that time, I was also buying a house and just typical story. The agents weren't doing the best job. Um, so I decided, you know, listen, I want to get into entrepreneurship. Entrepreneurship. I don't necessarily know what I want to do or where I want to go, but I know that the kind of three skill sets that you need to learn in order to thrive in any line of business is marketing, branding, and sales. So I realized that, you know, looking at real estate, there's a low barrier to entry. I was always really interested in the investing side of things. And it kind of was a seamless transition into something that would allow me to develop my skill set. So I got into real estate 2017, um, around February 1st, and um, it was an incredible journey. You know, the, the transition that happened for me was I was at the time 24 years old, not from the city, didn't know anybody. So, and I also had no money because I was broke as heck. So <laughs> I, um, you know, I went out door knocking because I was free, wow. right? I, I decided to not have any excuses and, and just, you know, do what I could with what I had in order to build momentum. So I went out February 1st at 5 p.m. in the dark, in the snow and minus 10 and door knocked for three hours and got my first two listings at 700K a pop. And I realized that that worked. So I continued to door knock for three hours a day, every day for six months. But around that six month mark of kind of building momentum, starting to close a couple deals a month, I realized that it's not scalable mm. um, and it doesn't create mm. any leverage. And that's kind of that transition of where I started to leverage social media. And then about six months after leveraging social media, the majority of my business was coming from Facebook ads and my Instagram profile. So what I did is I realized when I was getting my real estate license and back when I was an engineer, I was always listening to people's YouTube videos while I was working to learn. So I realized, you know, if I want to build a strong brand, 
maybe I should do what I also did because that's, you know, a basic understanding of consumer behavior. And I started putting out a couple tutorials around, you know, the Facebook ads that I was using and the social media strategies that I was using. Mm -hmm. And I started getting a lot of people asking for more. And then from there, it just kind of took off. Incredible story. That's amazing. I mean, I started too in 2017 and seeing where you're from too, your market is completely different than Toronto um, and to who you are today. And, and being able to work alongside you is a privilege. Honestly, it's it's amazing to see the growth and masterminding with people. And on the topic of masterminding, I want to know who in the industry inspired you and who do you want to mastermind with or who do you mastermind with now that kind of helps your business? Yeah, definitely. Like I think, you know, in the beginning days, it was a lot of the people on on YouTube, like good friends of mine, like Trevor Jones and, and you know, Greg McDaniel, a lot of these guys that, that I already knew. Um, but what I saw is, is that, you know, there's kind of levels to this. And I started seeing that, okay, you know, Joshua Smith is probably one of the biggest mentors that I had. Um, and he's a good friend of mine now. And I was featured on the GSDMO podcast four months after getting my license, which was really cool, uh, because that was every episode I watched um, in order to get my license. So that was a really cool adventure. But, you know, in now a lot of my, uh, I think this is also kind of leading into why I've done pretty decent in this industry is almost all of my mentors and role models are outside of real estate. And I find that's one of the things that a lot of people might be missing out on is they take influence only from within the industry, but then you're hearing the same stuff mm. from the same people with just a different flavor on it. Nothing is innovative. I don't care who you're looking at. It's always going to be a different look of something similar. Whereas with my mentors and role models, Andy Frizzella, Ed Milet, um, you know, uh, Omar Elatar of the Passionate Few, and a lot of these big entrepreneurs, these are the guys that I pull influence from because what I always found is that if you can take things that work in other industries, because real estate, let's face it, is behind on everything. If you take things that are mm -hmm. thriving and working and current in other industries and apply it to real estate, now you start to become innovative. So all of my mentors and, and kind of role models are outside of it, um, except for, of course, my business partner, Connor, where he's been an incredible role model of what's possible when you really kind of commit to this process. That's awesome. No, I totally agree. And I love uh, Connor. I can resonate with him as well because I too, um, part of a mastermind group and is a training that I, coaching program that I took part in and it's all about mindset, leadership, and has nothing to do with the real estate industry. And it, that's where it starts, right? It starts with your mind. Definitely. Yeah, it's, it makes a big difference. And I think, again, it's it's all about developing skill sets that are going to be leading edge. And I think a lot of people just kind of approach real estate. And this is why it's a very archaic, traditional business is because people approach it in a very traditional way where it's it's like there's only one way to do real estate, which is to cold call, door knock, do open houses, leverage your sphere and which nobody has. And then it's like, you know, do mailers and all this stuff, but nobody has any money. So it's like, OK, how do you do that? And you're getting told to do that by all of these, you know, guys and girls that are 20, 30 years in the business making bankroll. Of course, they're going to tell you to do that because that's what they can do now. But we don't have the luxury of doing that as a new agent with no budget that we don't have any sphere or anything like that. So my kind of approach is what can we do with no money and nothing but time in order to build momentum as an agent? Totally. That's something that resonates so much with me, especially being a newer agent coming into this industry. And that's half the reason I ended up joining you guys at the Wolfpack because for me, it was how am I going to be different to what everybody else is doing in my local market, which is a bit smaller than Danielle's in Toronto. 
Um, and for me, it was social media. And, you know, you touched on the fact that you started out door knocking and then you moved into social media. So what did you start doing on social media in the early days? And what are you still using today or what's changed since then? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, the biggest transition has been video because when I was doing, you know, Facebook ads back in 2017, like it was really funny. I was at a, tra uh, a traditional boutique brokerage back in 2017. And one of the big like selling points was that you get leads and you could, you had to kind of pay for the leads if you wanted to be like on a monthly subscription service to get these leads. And I asked them, you know, how much on average would a lead cost? And they're about $2.50 to $3 a lead. And I started running my own Facebook ads and getting leads at 17 cents a lead. And the wow. broker was wow. like, what the heck are you doing? Um, and I was like, well, <laughs> clearly it's working. So I'm going to keep doing my own thing. Um, so Facebook ads crushed it because again, back in 2017, especially here in Canada, whereas the States is again, a little bit farther ahead, it was very kind of untapped and nobody was really doing it. So mm -hmm. My, my transition kind of went from Facebook ads at a very high level, $5 a day, very cheap, but very effective to then as that kind of transpired, I was simultaneously behind the scenes building my personal brand on Instagram to the point where there was an inflection point where more people started coming just because of my brand and referrals and things like that. And then... Mm -hmm. You know, after a couple of years, when I decided to get outside of my comfort zone in order to leverage video, YouTube is what completely changed my business. And I think, you know, that's also just mm -hmm. something that kind of adheres to the trends in the industry is now video is king on every platform, whether mm -hmm. it be TikTok, Reels, YouTube, whatever. Video is what's thriving. Yeah. So uh, I'm glad I kind of took the time to develop the skill sets behind the scenes to get a, a little bit ahead of the curve so that once video became quite popular, I was able to capitalize on it. So many positives that you're talking about, all these tried strategies that have worked for you. I want to know what failures have you learned from? Oh, tons. Yeah. So <laughs> one of the biggest failures is, is, you know, and this is why I preach so heavy leveraging your CRM and leveraging your database is because I didn't. And I was a typical agent that, you know, never used a database, never leveraged a sphere. I was terrible at lead follow-up and, and, you know, cause my thoughts is like, I'm just going to bang it out and I'm going to go for, for quantity and I'm just going to go for mass scale. Hmm. Um, well, what you realize when you get into the industry after a couple of years is that the ones that actually thrive in real estate from a production perspective are the ones that, you know, focus on each individual client and then properly nurture them in order to turn that client into endless referrals over time. I didn't do that. So I probably left, you know, multiple tens of deals on the table over the first couple of years just by not following up. Um, I remember there was times where I'd not follow up for six months and then give the online lead a call and they were just in the process of putting an offer in and, you know, all the typical stuff where, <laughs> I, you know, I've always been the type of entrepreneur for better or worse, where I kind of just like bulldoze my way through any sort of industry and go full steam ahead. And if it gets left behind, it gets left behind. Um, it can work for certain things. It is not scalable either. So that was a big learning curve is just looking at instead of going for quantity, go for quality and also service what you have because you realize in real estate or any industry, it is way more expensive to acquire a new lead than to resell somebody that you've already worked with. Um, mm -hmm. So if you want to go for scale, you have to leverage what you've already got in front of you and not always be chasing the next opportunity. Um, and also, I think the other big mistake that I made was that I wasn't very smart with money. Um, I had no financial background, I was broke growing up, and I didn't really know how to allocate funds. So when I was a new agent, um, you know, I had a little bit of money in my bank account because when I left engineering, I basically took everything out the retirement savings accounts and I'm like, whatever, I've got a little bit of a buffer now. <laughs> it was $20,000. 
and I spent $16,000 of that on business cards and a website that still to this day have never generated me a single lead and I still have every box of those business cards. So I thought, <laughs> again, by, you know, by not having mentorship and guidance and, and kind of role models in the, in the industry in the beginning, mm-hmm. I just kind of did what you kind of hear within the industry, which is a very traditional approach that your website is everything that your business cards have to be sexy. It's like, nobody really talks Mm -hmm. about, okay, you know, you can actually start for free and generate a ton of business if you just leverage your time strategically. Wow. My biggest takeaway, like tons of golden nuggets in there, servicing what you have, like your dollar per lead was low, but should you fail to service any of those leads, it actually costs you more. So that's huge. Follow up is, is the biggest failure of agents, I feel. Definitely. Yeah, and you mentioned also, Mike, to you know leverage your sphere and leverage the people you know. What would be your biggest piece of advice for somebody coming in who doesn't have much of a sphere? They maybe just moved to a new city. Um, what can they do, either social or not social, to kind of get their name out there and get going as a new agent? Yeah, definitely. There's a, cu- a couple different things that I did, especially with not having much money that worked super effective. Um, and again, the way that I always approached things was I looked at how did I behave when I was looking to get into the industry? And then how can I kind of adhere to that, but from my own perspective? So a couple things that mm-hmm. I did is, again, when you don't have money and if you don't have sphere, you have time. And that's why I started leveraging things like door knocking and cold calling, because you can make, you know, within reason, you can control how many conversations you have every single day if you're going to put in X amount mm-hmm. of time doing X amount of things. Now, the one caveat I'm going to say to this, and this is super important, and this is where a lot of people struggle with prospecting, whether it be door knocking or cold calling, is a lot of people are told by their coaches, whoever it might be, to say, okay, you need to get 200 contacts a day. So what they do is they go door knock or cold call, and their goal is solely to get 200 points of contact. So if I call you, Ryan, and you, you, know, you give me a quick no, okay, I hang up on them on to the next one. They're going for quantity. They're not going for quality. Yeah. So my approach to prospecting was... I wanted to hit a certain amount of time that I prospected, but I didn't care how many people I got in touch with. My goal was to every single time I got in contact with anybody, I did not want to leave that conversation until I had a name or an email. And sometimes you would get it, sometimes you wouldn't. But if your focus goes to, you know, how can I just get uh, contact information from every single lead? to, you know, versus the industry standard, which is just how can I go for sheer volume, the quality of your Mm -hmm. leads and the quality and kind of conversion rate of your prospecting goes way up. So that was one of the big things is leveraging prospecting, but doing it with intent in order to be productive Mm -hmm. and not just do it to be busy and hit some KPI that doesn't even matter. Um, And then the other stuff is, again, as we all know, on this call, you, you know, if I had a better understanding of what I do now back in the day, I definitely would have dove way deeper into the YouTube side of things because that is mm-hmm. basically an evergreen you know, method of prospecting that gives you leverage. So that's a massive one. And then the last one that I did was leveraging other people's audiences. So one of the things that worked really well for me is I noticed that in order to start to build my sphere, I started to attend a lot of networking events. But then what I realized Mm -hmm. is the people hosting the networking events were the ones that everybody would go up to talk to after and they would get all the attention and they were kind of the authority in the room. So I said, well, why don't I just host my own? So I started hosting my own (laughs) monthly networking events and investor meetup events. And the cool part is I just studied investing and I was the one that everybody came to. So Mm -hmm. I started closing like five deals a month entirely free just by doing a 30 minute session once a month in a free seminar room 
because I was adhering to exactly how I got into the business. So by being that kind mm. of authority per, uh, figure in the room, it was daunting, right? I was an introvert. I was young. Uh, it was like, who, how are these investors that are 50 years old going to trust me? Um, I never even did an investment deal, but you know, I, I worked with my broker. I worked with different people in the industry that had, and I found that really allowed me to scale because when you're the one at the front of the room, you're the one that kind of gets control over the email list and, and the audience and things like that. Wow. Totally. So brave of you because you were young too, like 24, you said? Yep. I think that's what scares a lot of people too is they feel they don't know enough or don't have that confidence in this industry. And it's mm -hmm. all about studying, knowing, and bringing in the experts too. You said you worked with a couple of your brokers as well. So good for you. That's amazing. And that was in person, you said? Yeah, it was all in person. It was, wow. there was a, you know, one of my friends owned a co-working space and once a month he would give me access to one of the rooms. And what I would do is I would host these investment meetups just showing people, you know, based on flips locally here in Calgary done by other agents, I would show kind of the before and the after pictures. I would show the margins. I would show all the details. And then similar to what we do here, I'd bring in featured guests. So I would bring in a, a mortgage broker. I'd bring in a um, contractor. I'd bring in an automation specialist. So I brought in different people to kind of help me offset some of the effort. Um, and it worked out absolutely incredibly. I got endless amounts of deals from that. And again, it was free. It took nothing but time and a 30 minute presentation. Amazing. And I guess this was at the start of your career and somewhere in there, you added the component of social media and you mentioned YouTube. Were you always doing YouTube? <laughs> at a high level. So I was always attempting YouTube. I don't know if I would actually say I was doing YouTube. Um, but you know, I got started, my first YouTube video came out like a month after I got my license. And it was just like a promo video of me talking about who I am, what I do. Um, and you know, so over the time of that kind of first year, I was kind of dabbling in YouTube where I was putting out a video maybe once or twice a month. Um, didn't really have any direction, had no real intent about, you know, what the, ideal kind of goal and outcome was and then in 2018 when i started to see the true power of social that's when i really started to kind of take a step back and say okay there's power in this this is how almost every other entrepreneur i'm following the typical gary v's and my let's you know andy frizella's i'm watching them on youtube well if they've got strong brands and i want to be like them one day maybe i should start to get on youtube a little bit more seriously as well and how long, I don't know if you'll remember this, but how long after you started your YouTube, did you start generating leads? Oh, it's terrible. So um, <laughs> no, I, I tell people this all the time. I'm like, literally, it took me two years to get to 167 subscribers. And it took me a year and a half to get the first person to reach out to me from YouTube. Now we've got people in our group leveraging, you know, YouTube, getting a, de a closed deal in the first month, getting... 10,000 subscribers in their first year, like it's insanity, right? But my problem again, is that, you know, I didn't have the money in the beginning in order to uh, kind of invest into mentorship or coaching. And the problem is also leveraging social, no other agents in my brokerage were leveraging social. So it's like, I yeah. couldn't pay for yeah. it. Nobody was surrounding by me uh, that was doing it. So I had to kind of just figure it out myself. Um, and that's why I think it's important for people to understand the concept of just getting started because a lot of people now, mm. you know, reach out and, and kind of two different things that I like to mention is they see my, you know, subscribers now and they think that I just always had some big brand and they kind of, it, it, it makes them feel like they're too distant from where they are today to getting to where I am. But then on the other side of things, I get people that have reached out and they're like, Mike, I've got 500 subscribers. Um, I've only got like one client reach out from YouTube and it's been four months. I'm like, 
yo, you're crushing it. Like it took me two years of putting out three videos a week to actually get to the point of 167. So I think a lot of people just have, you know, a skewed perspective as to what is working um, in terms of when mm -hmm. they're relating it to other people that might be close proximity with. So, you know, now you're crushing it on YouTube. Um, you know, you've done the trial and error stage. You're crushing it. You're also teaching other people how to do it. So can you talk a little bit about how you come up with your content? How do you plan it out? Um, what does that look like for you? Yeah, definitely. Like I'm the type of person that always tries to take the, you know, barrier to least entry or the shortest, you know, kind of path to taking action quickly. And I think, you know, this is one thing and why a lot of people are, you know, kind of understand why I didn't like, uh, you know, keep with engineering is because I'm not the type of person that's going to sit there and be analytical for like a hundred years before I take action. Like I would rather <laughs> just take action, fail quickly and continue to prove over time. Um, because that's going to be the only way that you can pick up massive momentum. So for me, Mm -hmm. when I was looking at this in the beginning, you know, and, and kind of content processes and ideas is I kind of just took a couple different approaches. Again, kind of a reoccurring theme here. I looked at what other people were doing in the same industry and said, well, you know, they're doing great stuff, but nobody's going to be a better version of me than I am. I look completely different. I've got a different style than all of these guys. Well, maybe if I just take what has been proven to work by them, well, I can kind of go straight to the blueprint of what could work for me. So it was kind of like the R&D ripoff and duplicate where you can kind of use other people's proven work as inspiration for your own and then put your own flair and flavor on it, which worked really well. And then the kind of other yeah. approach to make things really easy is again, we know what our clients are searching for. We know what they're Googling. Um, and that's why we understand the keywords and how to run ads and things like that, because we cater our content to what we know our clients looking for. So what I would do is I would just mm -hmm. look at all the search terms of what people would be searching for on Google. And there was like endless blogs of agents that have written blogs about the exact videos I wanted to do. They basically just gave me my script. Like it was pretty easy. <laughs> um, so yeah. I tried to just remove all thought. Um, in the beginning and then over time as you start to kind of find your niche based on what people are giving you in terms of feedback then you can kind of start to dial it in and kind of find stuff that's a little bit more creative that you come up with yourself but in the beginning just remove all thought and look at what's already proven to work what is already out there and then how can you put your own flavor mm -hmm. on it yeah you mentioned in the beginning you were yeah. doing one to two videos a month and that doesn't seem like that was enough for you it's a lot for the average agent how many videos are you doing now um, in a month or a week and what tips do you have for someone who's going to get started on YouTube to kind of put out that same level of content? Yeah, definitely. So, you know, consistency is key on any of these platforms. And, and I've even seen it in my own profile where, you know, I in, I think it was like December for Christmas, I didn't, I didn't batch enough content and I took two weeks off and my views, my ad revenue, everything like plummeted in two weeks. Like, wow. and I've got hundreds of videos on my channel. So even as you build up a huge database, like, if you take the foot off the gas, you see a significant immediate kind of downfall of what's going on. Um, but in mm. the beginning, you know, I knew the consistency was key. So I started, you know, building momentum up to once a week. But then in 2019, that's when I really started to take YouTube seriously. And I was like, okay, I need to build my brand on here. And it, it was kind of, again, a lot of people ask, you know, how many videos should you be putting out per week? And when I got to January of 2019, um, my thought process was, well, if I'm putting out one video a week and I want to grow quicker, maybe I should do three videos a week. And I did. Right. So it's like a lot of people are looking for this magic sauce and secret yeah. answer. It's like, look, like, yeah. be logical. Like, you know, it's not complicated. If you do more, you'll grow quicker. If you do less, you grow slow. 
if you wanted to grow at one video a week's pace, then do that. If you want to scale quicker, then you know triple down. Like it, it doesn't have to be complicated. Yeah. Um, so that's what I did. Now, there's going to be something that I'll kind of say about now where that transition period went to, because I went from doing three videos a week in 2019 to 2020, 2021, and 2022, two videos a week. And the reason mm-hmm. being is because in the beginning, I was going for just building up database. I just wanted to build a log of, of quality content. But then I got to the point where I wanted to kind of put out less but way higher quality content versus mm. more and going for volume. So I kind of used the volume scale to kind of prime the system and build a bit of a foundation. And then once you kind of find your lane and what works and what doesn't, after a year's worth of kind of analytics and data, then you can kind of see, okay, what is the sweet spot? Um, Because sometimes I'll still do three videos a week, but I found there's been times I go to four and it's the law of diminishing returns. Mm. And if I go to one, it's too Mm. slow. So I find two to three is kind of that sweet spot, just based on my own analytics, everybody's different, Um, but that's worked for me. And then to kind of go into the second part of your question in terms of you know making content easy to scale is a lot of it comes down to being prepared right if you you know fail the plan you plan to fail that's one of the big things that i lived by where i can batch my content where i do one month of content in one sitting every single month so the only way that i could do that if i do all the prep work ahead of time and i know exactly what videos i'm going to do what i'm going to say in those videos and what is the direction I'm trying to take my audience to? So I think the biggest thing that you can do is look at how prepared you can be so that when you sit down and you get your lights on and you're ready to rock, that you can actually start taking action, right? It's like almost like, Mm -hmm. you know, the way that I can resonate the most with like the average agent is like, if you fail to plan, that's like walking into a listing presentation, not looking at any of the comps and never looking up the property. Mm. Well, yeah. Yeah. How's that going to go for you? Now you got to do it in real time and you're going to look like a fool, right? Yeah. You have no context, right? <laughs> Whereas if you do all the prep work ahead of time and you look at the data and you look at the CMAs and you kind of look at the history of that property, well, now you come in armed and ready mm-hmm. the second you walk in that door to take action. Well, the same thing goes with YouTube is everything you need to do to prepare can be done ahead of time and it doesn't take a lot of time, but it's going to save you a lot over time because one of the most things that a lot of people struggle with is inefficiencies where they do one video at a yeah. time. It, as all you guys know, you know, it takes time to get set up, get the audio connected, have the right lighting, get in the right mindset, then record. If you do that one by one by one, it is just a massive inefficiency and you're just doing yourself a disservice. Mm-hmm. Do we ever know that? <laughs> internet lights camera action oh yes i mean so what i gathered from that is cast a net of a volume of information um and entertaining topics and then see what works and it may be different i learned for each different different individual so that's really great and what i do really enjoy about your coaching mike and the conversations you have is how real they are like you've gone through with us and shown us your youtube and from day one never removed a video and shown us how you've grown as well and that yeah sure you might look fantastic and delivering a seamless presentation but behind the Mm -hmm. scenes it may have taken some work um but over the years it, you've kind of grown and developed yourself as well. And so I really like that. I think anyone who's, 
you know, who doesn't know about you should definitely check out your profile and dig deep into the early years and see how you've grown, how your backgrounds have changed, how the conversations and the, the scripting has evolved. Um, and I've also seen your, your yeah. mapping of topics on Excel. It's incredible, <laughs> the planning that you do behind the scenes. So it's amazing to watch and learn from. I, I love that you kind of brought that up because it's, it's important. Again, you know, people kind of see the finished product of somebody that's kind of, you know, kind of got it dialed in because it's second nature now. But again, mm. like, you know, I was a massive introvert when I got into real estate. I was incredibly shy being on the camera. And, uh, and again, the only way that you're going to improve is if you actually start taking action, right? It's like, if you want to get good mm -hmm. on video and you don't take action today, well, it's just going to take one year longer tomorrow and one year longer next week. Like it's, yeah. it's the time it's going to take for you to develop this skill set is never going to change. So why wouldn't you just bite the bullet and get started today? It's the same reason why, you know, I've never deleted the photo on Instagram. If you go back to, you know, my first photo in 2017, it was my headshot when I got into real estate. But the reason why I, you know, I I kept all of that is because like when I got the Lamborghini and I got certain things like it got to the point where nobody could say, oh, you came from a silver spoon. It just came out of nowhere. Like, you know, you're just so lucky. Like when I got that car, every single person was DMing me being like, Mike, I remember when you were door knocking and I remember when you were doing all this. And it's kind of like people can become a part of your process and see those improvements over time. And that makes it, again, more relatable, but it also builds a deeper connection with your audience. Yeah, I love that. And I love that part of your vision is manifesting these things that you want in your life because that's really what drives you or else a real estate agent, business mm -hmm. owners, they're just working day to day, putting out the fires of today uh, and not looking into the future and time passes you like that. Big time. Yeah. Same thing for me being, you know, still in my first year of real estate and it was a, it was a tough realization for me as well as, as getting that content planned and actually doing the research, having, you know, everything kind of written out, maybe not so much scripted but at least to a point where i know what i'm going to say because i look back at my first videos i did when i first got licensed and i'm like oh my god i'm stuttering i'm just all over the place whereas now you know i'm sitting here i've got a nice set i'm taking it really seriously and every video has like all the points that i want to cover and that's just been change game changing for me and and listening to you and, and our masterminds has been pivotal so now i wanted to kind of go into other platforms on social media um, what has changed in social media in the last like 12 months for, cause even I've noticed, you know, organic reach has dropped on a lot of platforms and maybe gone up on other platforms. So what do you think is kind of like the biggest change in social media for realtors in the last couple of years? Yeah, definitely. Like, I think, you know, we can kind of do like, we'll, we'll kind of break it down into marketing and advertising marketing's free advertising's paid. So we'll start with the, the marketing mm -hmm. side, which is kind of organic content that you're just posting and not putting any budget behind. And I think the, you know, the big obvious one, if people haven't got it, you know, just throughout the conversation is that video is now like, it's not like a nice to have, it's not like a must, it's a necessity. Like mm -hmm. it's be all end all mm -hmm. video is a necessity. And, you know, again, there's going to be people say, well, Mike, you know, I don't want to get on video. Well, sucks for you. You know, if you, if you want to thrive on social media, you better get on video. Otherwise, don't complain when you get no traction from your social media. Like, this is something that I, I have no patience for because people get into, like, business or they're realtors that call themselves entrepreneurs. Well, if you're not willing to get outside of your comfort zone and learn new skills to stay relevant with your industry, I'm sorry to say, but you're not an entrepreneur, plain and simple. So you have to look at the fact that 
this is a transition period. This is where, you know, people start to, you know, really separate the gap from the ones that are taking it seriously and the ones that are dabbling is who's willing to get outside of that mm -hmm. comfort zone to leverage the video that is working right now. Um, and then also kind of the transition of video is on a lot of these platforms previously, kind of the traditional YouTube format video of horizontal or landscape rather, was performing very well and now we've obviously seen the rise of short form content uh we've got the queen of daniella yep. over here who's just like <laughs> loving the reels um and things like that so i think you know short form is doing very well and and you know the organic engagement on tiktok is insanity compared to any other platform and, and reels are doing very well as well um but again i think mm -hmm. one of the reasons why short form is taking off and and i think this is a good thing for a lot of entrepreneurs and realtors is because you know, on YouTube, the general consensus is that people are expecting more polished professional content. Whereas on Reels and mm -hmm. TikTok, it's, you know, the content that performs the best is typically the raw in the moment content, which is lower production level. You get to highlight your personality a lot more and it doesn't have to be so kind of industry standard in terms of professionalism. So this is a really great opportunity for people that were hesitant to get on long form video in order to, because they're scared of how they look or they don't have enough money to buy the right equipment or whatever the situation is. Now you've got no excuses because now you can flick your phone on and in you know five, 10 seconds, you can record a video that can actually blow up. So mm -hmm. I think it's yep. a, you know, kind of a two pronged thing in terms of the marketing, which is that video is, you know, a necessity, but it could be daunting for people. But the good part is that the video that's working is the stuff that's going to be the least daunting for people. So it's kind of like, you know, a double edged kind of approach there. And then on the mm -hmm. advertising section, this is what I really love is that basically just due to all the privacy changes and all of the different nonsense that's gone on with the special ad category for housing and now the special category for Google ads as well is that it kind of went from a transition where in 2017, like nobody was running ads, 2018 people started, 2019, 2020, basically every realtor is running an ad, but it was like their headshot or their business card. Like it was a joke, right? Yeah. Like they had no business yeah. running an ad. Um, but they were doing it because it was easy, <laughs> right? You had mass control. It was anybody could, yeah. you know, watch one of my tutorials and get an ad out there that's going to convert. Like it was very easy with low barrier to entry. Now with all of the kind of changes to the, uh, the targeting, the special ad categories and everything like that, it's kind of this transition to now you actually have to learn. Right, because it was before you could just regurgitate. You could watch a tutorial, do exactly what that tutorial said, not know how to make any adjustments to improve it over time, not know how to look at the data, not understand the analytics, and not understand conversions, and still actually convert. But now we're in this kind of position where it's you know it's made it a bit more difficult for people. But I like that because now the ones that shouldn't have been running ads are not gonna be running ads. And the ones that did take the time to actually learn and not just regurgitate are the ones that are gonna be thriving because ads still work incredibly well. You just actually have to know what you're doing now. Yep, mm -hmm. and that's the thing with realtors. I actually see it more than ever. You're so right. I'll see someone's face on my screen, just a headshot. And I'm like, who is this person? Why is this on my feed? And it's a real estate person <laughs> or some type of something. And I just, it, there's no meaning. So it's like, you can go ahead and run your ads, yeah. but if you're not doing it right, then it may not convert. And you may be spending a lot of money and agents throw a lot of money on the wall. And a lot of times it doesn't stick. So that's really important. And that's what I want to touch on too. Now I want you to tell us about your program where agents can go and learn exactly how to run a proper ad, whether it's paid or organic, but something that will stick 
to help their business because I've seen a lot of um, case studies and people that are like, I'm in the world of marketing and honestly, Mike, I don't think I've ever told you, but there's people that I speak to and they're like, oh yeah, I bought this amazing YouTube training program. And I'm like, who's, who's the person? They're like, Mike Sherrard, <laughs> nowhere to rely. And I was like, get out of here. He's one of my business partners. So I think it's, um, you're definitely a celebrity and your training is widely known in the industry. So tell us a little bit about that, what people can expect from this um, and why you got it started. Yeah, definitely. Like, uh, you know, I, I think what you say there is really powerful before I kind of dive into that, which is that realtors just like love to throw money at stuff. And, and you know, the problem mm -hmm. with that is that it's exactly right. They love to throw money at stuff, but then they love to complain when it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the big reasons that mm -hmm. kind of transpired into me wanting to create the, the training is that, you know, you have these agents that send me emails all the time. They're like, Mike, I spent $2,000 on Facebook ads and I have no leads. And I'll look at their ads and I'm like, did you follow up? Your ad is crap. You have no yeah. lead for like, it's like, you can't say something doesn't work if you don't do it properly, right? So it's one of these things mm -hmm. that a lot of people kind of have like this scapegoat approach um, to lead generation and things like that. But, you know, one of the big things is, is similar to like what we've got with the Wolfpack and things like that and, and why I'm so passionate about sharing this model because it's changed my life. Well, also with social media, I saw how much that changed my life. And again, I've always been big on impact and being able to create legacy and, and giving back to others. And what I always wanted to make sure is that I can prove something and then show it with other people, right? It's, you know, there's coaches out there and things like that that have, you know, never done a deal and they're one of the biggest coaches in, in the industry. There's people that have never, you know, they're not active on social, but they have a social course. It's like, I wanted to get in, prove what mm -hmm. works and then be able to say, okay, now I can apply it to other people and hopefully it's gonna work for them too. And thankfully it did. So the kind of approach to the Social Agent Academy was, you know, I saw that a lot of the people that were actually you know, understanding the importance of social media were, you know, either not techie by their definition or they were older and they didn't grow up in like the social agent or the social media era. Like, you know, it was a lot of the average yeah. demographic agents that didn't have a resource that they could just go to and follow. And one of the things that I wanted to do is I looked and I bought everybody else's social media programs. And one of the big things that you know, I found was lacking there is they kind of jump to the point where it's like it almost you're they they approached it as if their end viewer already has an understanding of social media. Right. And that's one of the, the big downfalls, because like most people don't most people have never even downloaded these platforms. So now they're lost before they can even get started. So they can't even implement on the training that they just purchased. So what I wanted to do mm -hmm. is I kind of took a different approach to social media in two different ways with the academy is number one. I wanted to dumb it down so that again, you know, there's people that come in and they are experts and they just get to skip those portions. But I wanted to make sure that if you've never even opened one of these platforms, you have the ability to start today and build momentum. And then the second approach that really yep. pissed me off um, was how people approached <laughs> pricing of their programs. Because again, I bought everybody's program to see what the industry standard was, which thankfully was really low. Um, and, <laughs> you know, when I started looking at it, what was happening is people would charge 997 for just Facebook ads, 997 for just Instagram, 997 for just YouTube. So it's like if you wanted to be diversified and you wanted to become relevant on 
all the platforms, which is basically being omnipresent, well, you had to go fork out like five grand US in order to get the training that you needed on every single platform, right? Mm -hmm. So my kind of principle yeah. has always been to over deliver. So the way that I approached it was, I'm just gonna charge the price of one and give you Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Google, TikTok, personal branding, LinkedIn, and everything so that you never have to kind of mm -hmm. go to an external source to go find more information. And thankfully, you know, the feedback from that is, has been pretty incredible. It is. I like to describe your training yeah. as like an A to Z, you know, for beginner to advanced. And we've seen it in action uh, because we use it with our group and uh, lots of good results. Mm -hmm. And it's so easy. Like people don't have to come to yeah. me for help. It's like it's there and it's you. And like you said, through all the platforms, it's one consistent person with the same style. And I think people really appreciate that. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people as well who are even very active on social media before taking your course are still saying that they're learning stuff from it. Like Dimitri, he's huge on YouTube. He's in there. He's going, I, I went through Mike's YouTube channel anyway, uh, his course, and I just wanted to see, you know, if, if there was anything I was missing. And he learned a lot as well. So that's something that's that is being relayed, especially in our Wolfpack group as well. We then go and collaborate and keep each other accountable and that i think is also extremely powerful yeah nice hat by the yeah, way think, mike oh thank you <laughs> we talk about that <laughs> i think that's you know that's that's the cool part is again it's it's really cool being a part of an organization where you've got so many people that have taken so many different approaches and i think that's why having sort of like a uh, a program that allows you to be diversified is like you you've seen like you know some people in our, our group are crushing it on youtube some do facebook ads more some do tiktok like there's not one right answer and i think that's where a lot of people go wrong especially with their trainings is you know I'll never say names but there's people out there being like tiktok's the only way well yeah tiktok's mass organic engagement and it can work very well but it's not the only way Facebook ads are not the only way. YouTube is not the only way. And I think a lot of people just become proficient at one platform and that's like their only saving grace. So their perspective is, I'm gonna tell the world it's the only way. But there's different types of personalities, different types of people and different approaches that work with different demographics better. And I think everybody reserves the right to find out what is the best fit for them instead of somebody, some you know guru telling them what they think is gonna be the best for everybody because it just simply is not the case yeah and I think uh, what Ryan said too about any level someone could have half a million followers and learning something from your program as well Ryan too because me and Ryan work very closely together as you know it is so major to have to not just run ads think you know social media but to have a program that helps he was showing me and compared someone who is not using your program versus him diving into your program he is the number what are you ranked number one in aurelia ryan yeah like most of my videos if you search aurelia you come up with me and there's a bunch of other agents that are on youtube but they're getting no views no optimization is there so you know that has been game changing for me especially in a smaller market where people don't have access to this kind of level of uh information of yeah. training i guess yeah so you know you've got these brick and mortar brokerages that are still focusing on newspaper articles and billboards yeah. and i'm like great while well, you spend 800 a month doing that i'm gonna be dialing in on this for free and crushing it so yeah. i love that and i think again it's it's a testament like it 
people don't understand like how easy it actually is. Like it takes five minutes for somebody that's never optimized a video to optimize a video properly, right? But the, the downfall of a lot of entrepreneurs and why they think video doesn't work and why it's a waste of time and thus probably why some of these archaic, you know, dinosaur brokers are telling people that is because like they don't understand optimization. So they put out a high quality video that they hired a full team to create and it's like, you know, 10 views. Well, yeah, it's not yeah. the fact that your video doesn't work. It's the fact that you don't understand the platform. Um, but again, like, I yeah. think it's incredible what you said there, Ryan, because like, you know, we have people in our, in our organization that are doing, you know, upwards of 90 deals in their first year entirely free from YouTube. It's like, so you're going to tell me as a broker or, you know, somebody that, you know, that social media doesn't work. Well, I hope you continue to think that because now I still have no competition. Like think that for the rest of your career, yep. um, because we'll continue to prove that it does in every single market. Did you want to tell us some of these successes? Like Ryan is the success that I'm watching and I've seen other people in uh, that we chat about as well. But you mentioned like 90 deals in your first year. That's life changing. Oh yeah. Huge. Yeah. Make a million dollars in your first year of real estate. Like it's, it's insanity to go from somebody that didn't have any of that, never put out a video in their life. And I think that's why I talk about these specific yep. case studies because they're not like the perfect selling sunset million dollar listing, looking perfect ideal agents like Daniela that everybody's like thinks is what <laughs> you need to be like in order to thrive on YouTube. These are like, you know, middle-aged, very diverse culturally, no agents in new mm -hmm. markets who don't know it. Like it's like every single odd against these people that they could have <laughs> is what they have and they've crushed it, <laughs> right? So like, you know, we had one agent that did 87 deals, $67 million in production. And there was people commenting on that video being like, the, he must have a team. Like there's no way he did this as a solo agent. I'm like, yeah entirely free from YouTube. We've got other agents that again, you know, went from doing zero deals at their past brokers to joining us doing eight to 10 deals a month within a year. We've had multiple agents do start doing two to three deals a month after the first two months of leveraging these, uh, you know, kind of resources. So it's proven in every mm -hmm. market. And I think that's the cool part is that, you know, with, with, with Facebook ads, with Google ads, with YouTube ads, they're effective, don't get me wrong. But again, we're in an industry where it is predicated on relationships with people and who knows you and who you know. Mm -hmm. So when you look at it, nobody yep. can make any sort of connection emotionally with an ad, right? They see it and they either click or they don't, it is what it is. But with content, when you start to look at a library, you get a pretty good idea of who somebody is. And in most cases, they're that way in person as well. So when you can build that level of connection mm -hmm. with somebody through camera, it allows you to convert at such a higher rate. And again, just looking at the data, like that's what I live off of is I let the data do the talking. And if you look at some of these agents that are, you know, properly leveraging content yeah. and YouTube frequently, they're essentially prospecting with their content like one month every 24 hours, right? Because of the amount of views they get from their content. Like it's impossible for you as an agent to put three hours a day in and compete with that. It's not gonna happen, right? So it's looking at creating leverage, creating scale. And now the beautiful part about these people that are leveraging these platforms is they can take a day off and still have their business grow. Whereas if you're building it the traditional way without leverage, if you take a day off, you just took a day of no income. That's huge. Your program, I've seen it firsthand. I see it with the group. I see it with um, our friend Ryan here. 
And I want to know where can people access this training for those that are interested? Yeah, definitely. I think we should put a, a little link for you guys there in the description and, and comment below if you guys want oh, that. Sure. Absolutely. Um, and again, it's called the Social Agent Academy. So uh, just launching 2.0 uh, next week, which is going to be exciting. So we've got over a hundred new videos coming to that uh, because again, wow. <laughs> this kind of goes back to another gripe that I have with other people's programs is I have bought, I remember I bought a guy's Facebook program, um, Facebook ads program in 2019. It was created and never updated since 2017. So it's like every Ooh. single year, these platforms change, the interfaces, the criteria, things like that. So every single year I update it full to the nines to make sure that however it looks, whatever new features, everything, you're never gonna have to go you know, find another program or, or think that it's out of date. So that's coming um, and we'll make sure that people have access to that. Yeah, I was just gonna ask you what your plans are for 2022. I guess that's a lot of videos and <laughs> updating yeah. your program. Any <laughs> any other plans that you have for 2022 to grow your business and help realtors? Yeah, definitely. Like, you know, I'm doing a lot of speaking this year, which is exciting just through the company and things like that. So Cabo next uh, in, in two weeks and then Charlotte, you know, a month after that and then potentially Orlando and a couple other ones. Um, you know, coming down the pipeline. So the speaking is kind of a fun opportunity for me because it's, it's, you know, kind of fulfillment and passion. And I love kind of being able to share at scale with an audience. Um, and then basically the rest of my year, to be honest, is uh, kind of two different things. Number one, I'm going to be launching a couple cool social related challenges to kind of, you know, kick people in the butt a little bit to get them to, you know, take action a little bit quicker than they would if they were left to their own device. Um, and then also from that, it's just, you know, doing stuff that's going to help our organization. So um, me, Connor, and a lot, a lot of the other people are, are kind of working on some pretty cool resources to, you know, continue to get people that want to partner with us a competitive advantage um, uh, as they continue to grow throughout the year. So lots in the works, a lot of it comes down to content systems, processes, and basically my approach to everything, whether it be on the you know content side, the social training side, uh, the side with our organization at the Wolfpack is, you know, how can I just mm -hmm. alleviate time, stress, and thought from every single thing the agents are doing so that they can just take action and with the right stuff that's gonna produce results. And so I'm constantly just looking at questions that people give me um, or ask me and pain points and kind of things like that, that kind of, kind of either be turn into a template, a system, a process, or a resource created that will make it more scalable. Efficiency is so key. Couldn't agree more. Um, we know that we respect your time. We wanna know some closing thoughts. Three tips for growth through video for real estate agents. Yeah, it's a great one. So uh, number one, I think the biggest thing is commit to a schedule, right? Because if you don't have a schedule, you're not going to have any sort of cadence um, that you're going to commit to. And, and that kind of kind of piggybacks with making sure that you book it into your calendar as a non-negotiable, right? Mm -hmm. One of the biggest problems people have with video mm -hmm. is they say, okay, you know, they watch a couple of videos, they get fired up about content and they block off like three hours this Saturday to do content. Well, they wake up and they get emails and what's the one negotiable they're going to kind of just push off is recording. So you have to make sure that it's a non-negotiable mm -hmm. and you treat it as if it was prospecting um, because it is a modern form of prospecting. So number one is, you know, scheduling it and making it a non-negotiable. Number two is also 
as we kind of alluded to is the preparedness is making sure that as you go through the effort, find a system that works for you because my method of batching works for the majority of people, but I know some people that have a different approach to it. So you need to kind of go through the motions and find out what process works for you, your lifestyle, your business. If you've got kids, if you, you know, whatever your situation is, what works best for you and then template that so that you do it every single time and it becomes repeatable. And then the final one is obviously learn how to optimize um, because if you go through the effort of putting out, you know, all this time, energy, attention, and money into your content, and then it doesn't perform, you're going to get discouraged. You're going to think it doesn't work. You're going to get overwhelmed and stressed. And you know, it's not going to be a good scene. So you want to make sure that you kind of avoid what I did, which is taking two years to get 167 subscribers and no traction um, to actually do what works. <laughs> and you can start doing it in the first month. Um, if you just actually learn how to optimize your content. Amazing. You know, thank you so much, Mike, for coming out uh, on the podcast. We really appreciate you taking the time. Um, and, you know, everybody who's listening, um, you're probably on Spotify. We also are on um, Apple Music Podcasts and also Google Podcasts. But we're also going to be putting the full video on YouTube. And hopefully it should be uh, pretty well optimized. Otherwise, it's going to look pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And if you're interested in partnering with Mike, learning more about the Agent Wolfpack, Social Agent Academy, or anything else uh, that has to do with with Mike Sherrard, uh, feel free. We're going to drop some links below and you guys can get all those details right there. And they can follow you on social. So we'll put that out there as well. I'm sure every person I talk to, Mike, honestly, they're like, oh my God, you know Mike Sherrard? I was like, I can't avoid this guy if I wanted you to. You love it. <laughs> so thank you very much, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks again, Mike. And I uh, will see you in the next episode. Thanks, guys. Thanks, thanks, thanks guys. guys. Take care. Bye.